1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rich
0: Eisen Show. Only those who wish to listen may do so. That's
1: a thinker. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I don't know if you've heard, but Naeem Hines does appear to be out for the year. He's on your brother's team. Is that a possibility
2: for you, Dalvin?
0: Gotta be a scientist. It's not out the picture for me to go, you know, go play that there, play there
2: him. Okay.
1: Earlier on the show, Open Championship. Winner Brian Harmon. Host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Coming up, TCU head coach Sonny Dykes. Comedian Jim Gaffigan. And now. Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen show on the air on this terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us. Also, we are on the air on Sirius XM Odyssey, the Roku channel, and so much more. We've got Jim Gaffigan coming in studio in the middle of this hour. Just full disclosure, uh, as you know, there is a strike going on here in Los Angeles, California. The Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild as well. Uh, the conversation that um, I'm going to have with Jim Gaffigan was recorded a few weeks ago in advance of the strike. So, as you know, um, there are uh, many uh, comedians, actors, and actresses who are not promoting anything that's going on. Um, this was done before, uh, but it's a great conversation. Don't miss it. He is hilarious. I think you will enjoy it. Um, my, uh, my, my friends, uh, Mike Florio were on this program. My new friend, uh, Brian Harmon was on this program. Yes, got to meet the open championship. And I consider this guy a friend. Uh, he has called into the show. Um, and it's been enough time since he destroyed my, uh, new year's Eve <laughs> plans. Um, uh, I only took my son to go watch this game. Flew to, flew didn't to he, Glendale. Didn't your son cry, too? Uh, he was crying. Oh, of course he was crying. He's 11, and he loves Michigan. And this man cut out his heart and showed it to him pumping. <laughs> Is that too tough? Is that too r- difficult? Well, he might be oh, enough time's actual. passed. The head coach of TCU football, <laughs> Sonny Dykes, back here in the program. How are you, coach? I'm
0: well, Rich. How are you doing? I'm doing better. Thanks for asking. Yes, sorry to hear about your son. I think, uh, I think you carry that burden with me. <laughs>
1: Football is a cold, a heartless game sometimes, Coach.
0: You know? It is. No, I, got a, I got a six-year-old that uh, I can assure you has no love for Georgia right now. So that's, <laughs> uh, I, understand, I understand what he's going through.
1: Well, that was my previous New Year's Eve, Coach. That was my... The, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you uh, um, woke up that day, did you did you you feel like something like that was going down? You guys were confident, ready to roll into that national semifinal. Walk me through your preps for that, coach.
0: Yeah, you know what's interesting. I mean, there's you know as you get into sports and especially. You get into these, you know, matchups where you've had a lot of time to prepare for each other, yep. uh, like we had, you know, going into that game. You know, so much of it becomes about matchups, and we felt like that we had some, we had some good matchups. We could create some good matchups, and and you know that a lot, a lot of times in sports, that's really what it comes down to is your ability to get your best player on somebody who may not be as good as them, and and then. You know, eleven guys have to go out there and execute it and make a play. And fortunately for us, um, you know, our guys did it quite a bit, and we were able to generate a lot of big plays in the game. And then I think the thing that's probably overlooked as much as anything in that game was, you know, we'd, we scored a couple of touchdowns defensively, had a couple of goal line stands, and so a lot of a lot of things went uh, well for us uh, that particular evening, and they needed to.
1: And then um, you know it's interesting that the draft, uh, on, on, and I know you know you didn't have such a great time in SoFi Stadium for the uh, national championship game, but five of the eight uh, Horn Frogs you sent to the NFL draft. Uh, this year are going to play in that stadium, the Rams and the Chargers. You're going to maybe, if you want to see some of your uh, former uh, players, uh, spend some time in Los Angeles. It's kind of wild if you think about it.
0: Yeah, 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 no, it's cool. Good for those guys. They get to go exercise some demons. Yes. And and I'm probably going to need a little therapy before (laughs) I go back to SoFi anytime (laughs) soon.
1: (laughs) Um, uh, how much, and again, we'll get to the here and now in a second um, How much contact are you in with Max Duggan right now? Uh, obviously, 7th round you know, He's with the Chargers
0: they going to go camp So I haven't much here recently But, um, but you know, I, I'm really excited to see how Max is going to do um, I'll probably, usually about a week or two into camp I'll reach out to those guys just to kind of check in See how it's going and, and get some feedback And try to encourage them sometimes I mean, it's a big step you know, going from college football to the NFL, and and you know, some guys make the transition pretty easy. You know, quarterback position is obviously tough, and so you know, there's going to be some challenges for Max, and and the road will be bumpy. But he'll do a great job, and I'm really excited to watch him develop as a, as an NFL quarterback because I really truly believe his best football is still in front of him.
1: Right, and um, you know, so now into the here and now is this Chandler Morris's gig? Going into your training camp that starts on the second? Yeah.
0: I think so. I mean, I think Chandler's the guy that's coming back that's got experience. You know, we we have some quarterbacks on our staff that are, are, you know, we're really excited about and pretty talented, and they all bring different things to the table. But certainly coming in, I think we anticipate, you know, Chandler being the guy. You know, the one thing we try to do is, is, you know, have a competition really for every spot. We're not big on depth charts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the guys that perform well in practice typically are the ones that. Get opportunities in games, and and then we kind of readjust and measure from there. But certainly going into camp, you know, Chandler has played football uh, here at TCU, uh, played a little bit for us last year, you know, played Mm -hmm. well the year before when he had some opportunities to be the starting quarterback. And, you know, he's a guy that really going into last season was the starter. You know, he got hurt in the third quarter against Colorado, and Mm -hmm. Max stepped in and, and had an unbelievable year, finished second in the Heisman Trophy. But but we really have a ton of confidence in Chandler and excited to see what he can do leading this football team. And we have a lot of new faces, but we're real optimistic that these guys are, are really talented and, and have a chance to, to be a special group. And then,
1: of course, you know, uh, attention on you for various reasons uh, for your first game September 2nd, because you were a national uh, finalist last year and want to see how you can follow up on that. And then Colorado coming in with a different coach this time around, uh, Sonny. you got Dion. You got Deion's first yeah, game.
0: Yeah, Dion's a whole lot more interesting than me. I can assure you. So there's going to be, a, you know, a lot of uh, interest in that, and, and justifiably so. I think, you know, Dion's uh, always does a tremendous job of of creating excitement, and energy, um, really around whatever he does. I mean, he did it as a player, and he's certainly done it as a coach. And and uh, so there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that first game, and it's a great opportunity for us to kind of come out and, and put the. That bad performance we had against Georgia behind us, and, and create some, you know, some momentum this season, and it'll be a big challenge for us. I mean, they've got a completely new roster. I think seventy new scholarship players, or something close to that. Um, you know, he's got his son that's has been his quarterback at Jackson State, Shadur who's a really talented guy and understands what they're going to do offensively, and so they're going to hit the ground running. And as you said, it should create a lot of interest and excitement.
1: And then did I pick up a vibe at the big 12, um, you know, media week of with Oklahoma and Texas being in this conference for one more year of, Hey, you know, um, you know, good luck to them where they go, but they haven't really won this conference uh, lately. (laughs) And you are obviously somebody along with, kansas state that played for the conference championship last year and that was you could make the case the best bowl game of the bowl season, you know of the conference champ best conference championship game of the conference championship season you could easily make that case just in terms of competition and level of play um do you do you have that same vibe or was i just picking up the wrong thing
0: right here yeah, Coach. I think so. I mean, I think, you know, I think the Big 12 teams, if you look at the last two Big 12 championship games, you know, the year before it was Baylor and Oklahoma State and mm-hmm. last year was TCU and Kansas State. So, you know, neither, neither of those programs have represented, um, you know, the, the Big 12 in that championship game the last couple of years. You know, I think obviously both of those teams are going to be very much improved. Uh, you know, Texas, I think was ended up being the favorite, uh, going into the season, but, you know, I think like anything else. I mean, Oklahoma had such a prolific run as Big Twelve champions. You know, they were right. um, in the championship game almost every year and and really won it almost every year for a long time. And you know, they kind of hit some hard times last last couple of years, at least for their standard. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be much improved as well. So, you know, it's going to be a competitive league. But I do think that the Big Twelve is confident in the remaining teams and the teams that we've added. I think that we feel like really from top to bottom, you know, we're the most competitive league in college football. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's our guys truly believe that. I believe it. You know, week in and week out, you can you have to play incredibly well. You know, you can't go out there and and play a bad game or you're going to lose. And I think our league is different. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst team in our league can beat the best team and and you know it happens a lot of times in, in the in the Big Twelve, and I'm not so sure it happens in other leagues that often. Sonny
1: Dykes, head coach of TCU, a couple minutes left with the with the HC in advance of uh, the August second training camp opening up for college football, and of course TCU. Um, did you hear the commissioner of the SEC, uh, Commissioner Sankey, say that Congress needs to step in and handle name, image, and likeness and give a federal guideline? that is followed by all 50 states that's the answer to what's going on with nil which is now two plus years old do you agree with that assessment coach
0: i I certainly do probably you know in the short term um you know i think that there's got to be some uh, some other long-term resolutions i mean you know, I mean, quite frankly, the federal government's got a lot better things to do than to try to regulate college football and deal with the changes and the implementation and and all the things that, that need to happen to keep our game the great game that it is. Um, you know, we have to do something. I mean, right now, there's no other um, sports league or organization that operates like, you know, college athletics does right now, and certainly college football, where You know, you can go out and you can buy the best players you want to buy. There's no draft, there's no salary cap, there's no, uh, no anything. And, and so what, what happens now is you get a, you get a large school that has a large alumni base and they can basically come buy your roster if they want to. And, and, you know, imagine that taking place in the NFL that, you know, Jerry Jones wakes up one day and says, you know, I think I want to, you know, go buy a quarterback. So let's go find the best quarterback and buy him. And, it just doesn't work that way in, in other sports. And so we have to do something in our in our game to keep it the great game it is. Um, you know, I think that is a good starting point. But truly, you know, the NCAA has to somehow provide some kind of leadership for us. And they haven't done a very good job of doing that up until this point. And really the power players right now in college sports, I think, are conference commissioners. And so yeah. – you know, I, I truly believe that those guys need to get together and decide. Okay, look, here's what we want to do, because they're the ones that, that in my opinion, hold all the power right now. And so, you know, I, we've had some conversations with Brett Yormark, uh, the the Big Twelve Commissioner. Mm-hmm. I think he is a really sharp guy. Um, he's a doer. He's a guy that wants to go out and make things happen. And so, I think those conversations need to start taking place at the conference level, because at the end of the day. They're the guys that really have all the control over the game.
1: Well, I mean, have you found that uh, players are, are are getting inducements? We all know what NIL is supposed to be for. At least the idea is is to give the collegiate athlete um, the opportunity to make money off of the name, image, and likeness when they're performing their craft uh, on behalf of the university for a scholarship. Um but yeah. that's not really what yeah, seems I, to be really, happening right now. Yeah, I've
0: been a proponent of NIL for a long time. Right. I, mean, I think that's why we're in the situation that we're in right now is because, for years, the NCAA just kind of thumbed their nose at, at athletes. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, no one's no one's coming to fill our stadium to watch me play. You know, they're there to watch the student athletes play. And I always felt like that those guys, um, you know, needed to to have some kind of benefit. You know, they needed to. To have a, an extra benefit just besides the scholarship. I mean, they brought much more value to the university than that. And so I think what happened for so long is we, the NCAA just ignored that fact and and thumbed their nose at those kids. And and fortunately, the courts got involved and, and freed up opportunities for those guys to, to earn money off of name, name, image, and likeness. But the problem is that once it kind of started to head that direction, you know, the leadership just walked away and just said, well, we can't do anything about this, and here it is. And so now what you have is, again, you've got free agency, and you've got an open market, and, you know, we have players on our roster right now that that have graduated um, that can transfer, really, at any time. And, and, you know, I'm hoping that guys show up for fall camp, you know, when we kick off on Wednesday, And, and there's still a couple of players I'm worried about that I know some other schools have reached out to and tried to to uh, to entice them to come play for them and so it's just you know it's a a very difficult time to be a college coach and but you know the thing is you you hate to see it for the players because it makes it makes it really tough sometimes to be loyal to their teammates and to their university they want to be but i think sometimes you know when someone throws a pile of cash at you it's a hard hard to have that kind of loyalty in some ways and and it just puts young people in some bad situations um, at times and you know, creates a lot of chaos for the sport
1: certainly if they go someplace and they don't get the opportunity that they've been promised you know so my my, my last question for you is has somebody had the temerity to go into your office sunny dykes and say this is my price if you don't hit it i'm gone has that happened
0: oh for sure yeah for sure it happened several times when i took over the program here at tcu you know some of the the players had, had you know in some ways become free agents and and had gone into the transfer portal and you know, walked in and said, okay, this this is what this school's going to pay me, and, you know, this is what I want. Um, and so, you know, those are conversations that, that aren't great. And a lot of times, these guys went to, went to the other schools and found out it wasn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. You know, mm-hmm. there's no one to govern these contracts. I mean, the way that these NIL cooperatives write these contracts is they're really personal service contracts, and they can write them however they want to, and it's not There's no standard for the player. There's no protection for the player. Um, You know, some players and their families are being taken advantage of where they, they, you know, are promised one thing and then receive something different. And so, You know, someone has got to get involved a little bit to to regulate it again, more for the safety of the players than for the convenience of coaches.
1: Coach, thanks for the time. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, You know, again, I'm I'm glad enough time went uh, uh, between uh, you know New Year's Eve and now for me to get over the opportunity to talk to you, and I appreciate
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, I appreciate it, Rich. Always good, always good to talk to you. And and like I said, maybe, uh, maybe your son and myself can share a a, a call sometime and. (laughs) And uh, mourn together. You know?
1: No, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's all right. My son needs to understand that not every you can't always get what you want, as uh, somebody once mm-hmm. said. Thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Let's talk. Yeah, no during the season. Appreciate you
0: guys sent me on. You bet. Okay, That's TCU
1: about. head coach, Sonny Dykes. Let's take a break. My conversation with Jim Gaffigan. I love this man. That's next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts people, or as you might know from their jingle. Oh, oh, O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. Jim Gaffigan, Dark Pale, 10th <laughs> comedy special an Unprecedented thing. Isn't that feat. amazing? I'm only 23. On Prime <laughs> Video. It's available starting today. And you're talking about, again, these travel teams. When you mention hockey, yeah. it, it, it's, I'm, I'm uh, impressed when people tell me this, but also happy I'm not in that world. When I hear, okay, so my kids on this hockey team, travel hockey team, we woke up at 3.30 in the morning. And we drove three and a half hours to get in there for that seven o'clock start. And I'm not joking. Like, these are the actual times and the yeah. lengths of drives and stuff
2: like that. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to sound negative, but I think I'd rather have my kids in rehab. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like. Do you- you write a check for 50 grand or you give up t- 10 years of your life. I mean, it's just no, but it is obviously the value of sports mm. are yes. really important. Of course. And, you know, I've got my 12 year old loves basketball and he's pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, no one that has our pigmentation is playing in the NBA. <laughs> You know, unless you're from Slovenia. You know what I mean? It's like, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you you know, and I send him clips of Kobe, you know, Kobe saying, do three hours a day and he's out there doing three hours a day and yeah. I love it. Yeah. But there's no travel team.
1: How We're are you? How that. are you watching the games? How are you as the dad in the stands, Jim
2: Gaffney? Well, some of it is, you know, my 12-year-old is barely, like, his middle school didn't even, he was 6th grade, and so, like, they didn't even allow him on the middle school team because he was too young or whatever. Okay. But... So like watching, I but I take them to practices and stuff like that. I, I mean, I enjoy it. I take videos and stuff like that. No, I know that, but I, but it's them, but.
1: invariably again, it's about being fun, having fun, and we yeah. that's what we tell you know our kids yeah. that just have fun, go do it. But there is a competitive moment in it where yeah. either somebody else's kid or the another team is acting a little bit. Oh yeah, you know aggressive. Oh, and, yeah. and so it, it. But you also know you you know it is a 12-year-old's event here. Yes. and It's a is, tug of war that goes there is on inside. also
2: managing, you know, you don't want your kid, no matter how talented they are, to yeah. be like a douchebag. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right, like exactly. He, like, sometimes he'll, he might be like, I shouldn't have passed it. And I'm like, no, you want people to know that you're a generous, <laughs> you know, teammate. You know? And so, <laughs> like, there's things like that. There's so many lessons in sports that are really valuable. Yes. And, but it is it is something that kind of can go too far sure. you know and it's just also i don't know about you but like leaving a practice is my kids don't want to leave so like yeah the practice is over and they're like oh, I, I need to do some shots i'm like no you don't <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
2: know what i mean you don't need to you just did it for an hour and a half Let's just go. So I'm kind of like, let's go. Do you bribe them to get off the court sometimes? No, I just, I'm kind of just that guy. And, you know, the coach would be like, hey, uh, you know, I'm like, we're done. We're done here. Let's leave. <laughs> it's over. I'm, I'm a <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's, ah, but I love it. I love it. And there's nothing, oh, uh, I enjoy more than like, you know, because of mm-hmm. some of my success, being able to take my sons to a Nick game. Oh, it's sure. like amazing. It is great. Going to sporting events. It's, it's, it's amazing. So now, um, this week, Jim Gaffigan,
1: I have my three kids are in camp. My wife is out of town. Oh, wow. I have the house to myself. And the first day that it happens is the greatest day of my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. And then around like morning two, night yeah. two, stuff begins to creep in, like um, hunger. You know, because yeah. I, I I have to fend for myself, and there's yes. nothing in the fridge. Like, yes. I, like sh- I gotta sh- I gotta like yeah. shop. I gotta decide for myself what to eat. Yeah, there's no plates for me to pick off. Yeah, and then it's really like day three. I honestly feel like I'm a castaway on an and island. And then
2: you're like you're like, am I just gonna sit at a bar and drink a bourbon? Like, because there are those guys that are just, like, sitting at the bar. but And you don't want to be right. that. But the first night, you're like, God, that guy has a good life. He does. Right? So how do, you,
1: how do you, do you find, are you ever in the house Not, by yourself I mean, there's anymore? I you got five really, kids or what? Yeah, so there's right. two
2: at camp. Okay. And then uh, our 19-year-old is home. And yeah. the two younger ones are doing different camps. Yes. But there's chaos. But I, I travel so much doing stand-up. And I love touring yeah. so I kind of uh, relish the opportunity to be at home doing some of this stuff. But, you know, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's just, we do movie night and stuff like that, okay. which is an impossible task because children <laughs> have horrible taste. So uh, do you know what I mean? It's like, <sighs> I forgot what it was like to go
1: when I was in high school and my friends and I were like, we'll rent a movie and we go to Blockbuster. Yeah. And we'd be in like minute fifty of walking around because we couldn't decide on what yeah. to get, or we finally decided what to get, and that tape wasn't there. And yeah. I forgot what that feeling was until we had to choose a movie
2: with my kids. Oh yeah. And it felt exactly like that. Yeah, no, I will search it up. And then I will pitch it to people. And, you know, I've got 19, 17, 14, 12, and 10. And oh, sometimes it. I just bully the situation. I'll be like, we're watching Suspiria. And they're like, what's Suspiria? And I'm like, you're not going to like it, but I want to see it.
1: And so, <laughs>
2: but, Often but There's not a
1: revolt on your hands for something like there's that? There's
2: usually a revolt and there's, okay. uh, you know, there's complaining later on. But sometimes you know but it should be a movie i feel like it should be a movie and sometimes it's freaky friday and Gosh, these, these okay. decent movies sure. but like but sometimes we just end up watching uh we've been watching kitchen nightmares a lot okay it's amazing that's good right it's amazing okay and that's something where the whole team likes
1: it, which is a relief, right? Usually, it's a food show. Like we're 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 a uh, a Great British Bake yes. Show in our house. Uh, we 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 that uh, holy moly is something we can agree to as a family. Really? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. But other than that, it's it, hard. It is warfare. It truly it's is hard. to choose something that we can all sit and watch. And if it's something, it's, if I suggest a movie in standard definition, yeah, immediately rejected.
2: Oh yeah, immediately.
1: Well. Reject it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is a classic movie. Like, I pulled the dad, like, the you don't yeah. know thing. Oh, yeah. And well- then... But it's standard definition, forget it,
2: out the door. We watched uh, Rushmore, because I was kind of trying to set them wow. up so that we could watch Asteroid City. And so I'm like, <laughs> So is it, Rushmore. Yeah, that's a gateway <laughs> <movie>? well, it's, <laughs> uh, it's like Wes Anderson, so I was so excited. Yeah, right. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get my 19-year-old, you know, Jason Schwartzman, so amazing, sure. my 10- and 12-year-old yeah. will climb on board, Bill Murray's a Bill Murray. And... Um, <laughs> And my 19 year old because you know he's in love with his teacher and at one point he tries to kiss her and it's kind of yeah. aggressive and my 19 year old was like i'm out you know because it was <laughs> it was assault and and it's like i love and i'm Jack. like ah so when this movie came out in 98 yeah the the humor of that is, yes. like we knew that he obviously would never hurt her we knew that yeah. she would never hook up with him we knew that but like she's like wait a minute he's in love with his teacher and so like to a 19 year old she was just like the social justice construct she couldn't break through i thought through the standard definition no thanks
1: battle with my kids to show them the original bad news bears oh wow we, i broke through it Love. i got them to sit down yeah. and see it my daughter the look on her face when walter Matthau reached for a beer and cracked it open while driving oh yeah! and she's just like why would you show me this we did and then th- tanner's language i'm like D- different
2: time kids yeah you know yeah but they looked at me like i was we watched out uh, of my mind you know? Uh, Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we watch Nacho Libre, which, uh, and so <laughs> oh, to gosh. see them navigate, because also my 10 and 12 year old are like, they're like, is Jack Black Mexican? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And they're like, "He's damn damn part Mexican. I'm like, well, he was just hired. I'm like, no, he wrote it. He wrote it with Mike White. And they're like, is Mike White Mexican? I'm like, no, he's as white as me. And, and I was like, but this is an homage. And I'm like, and so they're sitting there justifying this. Yes. And they're like, maybe the director was Mexican. I'm like, no, it's the director who did Napoleon Dynamite. Probably looks like me. And, and it was, but it was just, oh, funny. it was not... It was, it was appropriation, as we understand it, but it was an homage to this, uh, you know, to the, you know, Mexican. And, and I brought my kids to wrestling matches in Mexico City. They're amazing. And you did
1: do that, huh? Yeah. Man, father of the year, Jim Gaffigan, here on The Rich Eisen Show. And sometimes, though, and then we'll move on to your uh, to your special. Um, sometimes my wife and I will just give up. We're like, fine, watch this movie that yeah. we know is going to... Oh, not yeah. be nearly as good as what we've suggested yeah. but we're done fighting so one night we we relented and they watched a movie called War with Grandpa War on Grandpa where you know there's a grandpa who's in the who's, uh, who needs to be brought back into the family because he's living by himself and he can't you know, do th- war with grandpa's orders. And so he's he's living in the third floor of the house. Kicked the kid out of his room because he came in. So he and the kid are now in sort of like a home alone type battle. Oh, wow. The grandpa is played by Robert De Niro. And it dawned on me about 40 minutes in that the first De Niro movie of my children's life is war with grandpa. And I I. I grabbed the remote and I did the most provocative thing possible, which is to pause a movie. I'm trying to explain. Oh my God! I had to. I said, wow. "You have to understand." We'll, we'll finish. Like I'll hit play yeah, again because yeah. hitting pause on them yeah. is just very provocative act. Um, I had to explain them. This guy on the screen is the maybe the greatest living American actor, or if not the greatest actor of all time. Yeah. And they're like, "Hit play,
2: will you please?" They're like, what that guy? That guy. Well, Who you know, c- also I- my kids, When during the Super Bowl, they're like, uh, my 14-year-old, she was 13 at the time, she was like, oh, Rihanna's for old people. i like, Rihanna is for old people? I'm like, what is going on?
1: <laughs> is that what's her session of the Rihanna halftime 28?
2: show? Is, was that <laughs> was her? Yeah, that was her takeaway from the Super Bowl halftime show. Wow. I mean, kids are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it is also fun it's like even you know so this uh max show full circle mm-hmm. we yes. we got a screener and we're watching it and my kids are like you're playing a bad guy mm-hmm. like do you get paid less for playing bad guys than like the good guys get paid more and i'm like no it doesn't work like that yeah and but like it's just the perspective is so different but it is fun, you know, and they, but they get angry when I play a bad guy.
1: Okay. I was about to say, I mean, when you're playing a serious character, yeah. do they get totally confused here? I mean,
2: not really. Cause they kind of know me as they're like, Oh, that guy. Yeah. We could see you as a murderer, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they see, you know, they see dad, you know, like yeah. your kids see a different person than, you know, yeah. is here right now. Sure. You're like, clean up your room. You know what I mean? You don't say that here. (laughs) That's you being the heavy in the household? Well, I try, you know. Jim
1: Gaffigan here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Full Circle. It's uh, a Max Original Limited Series directed by Steven Soderbergh with a hell of a cast. Oh, amazing. So what what was it like for you to be directed by Steven Soderbergh?
2: it, it was it was incredible he's a very uh i mean the writing's also amazing yeah and i you know i love acting and i love kind of uh playing a character where there's a, an open end where you could play him different ways yes. and so i would pitch ideas to steven and he's like yeah all right you know it was it was really interesting because he is the he's the dp He's the director of photography. He's holding the camera. He's e- he's going to edit it. Yeah. And he's also bit, had his hand involved in all the writing. Ed Solomon's a great writer. And so he's like, you're essentially pitching to one person. Like, you don't have to. He's like, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. So I'm like, all right, so what if I take out my gum and I kind of spit it here? Even though there is a scene mm-hmm. where I'm eating a... Um, uh, it's like a Seven Eleven burrito. It's like the first scene when you meet my character mm-hmm. with Zazie, and uh, and I'm like, uh, you know, this is kind of people are going to think this is a hot pocket and steven soderbergh does it he's like well what's what what does it matter what's a hot pocket and so like (laughs) he doesn't know that like i have this joke and i'm like and then i just appear like this narcissist It's like everyone thinks about me and eating a hot pocket (laughs) and he's like and so then i'm like forget it forget it but it is uh, to answer your question he's brilliant but it is very hands-off and it he's so quick so you do like one take and he's like we got it. We got it. And you're like really because he's editing it. So in they, his head, as well as later there on for hours, he's unbelievable. And it, the morale on the set is amazing. So all the actors show up really prepared. They have ideas, and you shoot it, and you move on. And uh, the, he's worked with the same group forever, so everyone knows what's going on. That's so cool. Although that is a legit point by you.
1: Is like hey, you know it could be viewed as an homage and a wink and a nod to yeah. your fan base, but you also don't want people to, you know, get out of the character that
2: you're playing. Exactly. I didn't want, the hot I, pocket. and then, and I was like, but I, I eventually decided it's like, you know, if people, are, if they're going to be distracted, it's just for a moment. Right. You know and I mean? so did you, did you YouTube it for, for, uh,
1: Steven and just basically no, say, no, you know, no, I just kind of brought it up and this he, bit?
2: he kind of looked at me politely, like the <laughs> world is not about you, Jim. And I was like, and you know, and then reviews came out and I did read one review where a guy thought that it was a hot pocket, but okay, that's all right. one out of 50. Well, it's all working.
1: Um, yeah. and now, uh, dark pale. Tenth comedy special. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. A, I know it is. Yeah. What, what was your first again? Beyond the pale. Beyond There's always the pale. some pale element. Understood. But
2: now you're dark pale. Now I'm dark pale because this is uh, pretty kind of uh, sardonic and okay. Um, you know we've you know these past five or six years have been so weird, right? And we've been exposed to so much. Like if you're not a little nihilistic or cynical by now yes you should be in the burby movie right i mean it's you can't i mean we've all you know like we literally watched the news and there was a running tally of people dying like that is just weird right so and we all lost people over this time so i kind of talk with some of uh Talk about some of that, you know, that dark stuff. But I think, you know, and I toured with the material for a year and people enjoyed it. But it is, we're kind of more cynical than we used to be, I think. Sure, absolutely. And so Dark Pale is available today on Prime Video.
1: Seriously, I'll watch anything that you do. Um, And so before I let you go, uh, on a previous show we were talking about, because it's that time of of season when not much is going on sports-wise, about our abilities to do one thing for one split second against a professional athlete on their professional turf like and what we could actually pull off like i thought the number one tennis player in the world carlos alcaraz his 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 serve is what usually about about 25 25 130 i'd be able to get one point off him in a three setter Oh, I would never. Okay, so yeah. um, uh, my sound guy, uh, Mike Del Tufo, thinks he could get a, a goal on an NHL goalie in a one-on-one situation. So, is there anything
2: you think you could do? You know, I played. Yeah, uh, I played college football for yes. a couple of years. Right. You know, mainly Division three. But I used to always think I could be a long snapper just because you're just you just gotta uh, take up space you have yes. to deliver the ball and take up space like you don't even really even have to block <laughs> Do you know what I mean so I was like you know what I could okay. I could do I could be a long snapper maybe once in, like I can the NFL or what do you think maybe? okay maybe i mean i'm not saying i want to do that like I'm not i don't saying want, to, you want to but no, I, I think that i mean now i can barely bend over <laughs> but i think that right now i don't think i could do it but have you ever snapped did you ever do yeah, that Yeah, no i did that i did long that. or yeah. just regular yeah, shotgun yeah no snaps? i okay. mean that was also like if you're a center in high school doing the shotgun that's super yeah. fun yeah right sure so yeah i think that i could have done that um but not now. I don't think now. Okay. Now I can't. Now I can barely walk upstairs. <laughs> and by the way, there's there's eighty year old people. Our our country is being run by a man who's eighty. <laughs> and I, you know, I go to a parent teacher conference and I need to take a nap after after a Zoom. I'm like, wow, there's I should take a break, <laughs> right? It's, just, I, it's I gotta. I I do this show.
1: I go home yeah. at some point. You know five to ten minutes that's all I need just right? like a
2: power a power nap man yeah there's different absolutely yes you know, there's some pacing that has to occur That whereas in my 20s I don't think I mattered I and thought. here I am asking if you could long snap once yeah, for the no. na- in the national football but there. so yeah it is an interesting, interesting task but otherwise I don't think yeah I mean if I sleep on the wrong shoulder <laughs> like I wake up and yep. and I'm like I oh that's right I can't sleep on this shoulder I'm that way too Right, I am that way. Jeez, how old are you? I am five thousand years old. Okay. I'm fifty-seven. Okay, yeah, how I'm old fi- are you? fifty-four. I'm right behind. I'm right. I'm right. I'm neck and neck. I'm in your. I'm in your neck
1: of the woods. We're it's doing it's good. It. We're doing. Great. I'm fine. Yeah, I, I think just, I can, I I know I'm doing fine. I can get one point off the number one guy and uh, on. You on the really planet. think you? Could? I do think so. Yeah. Wow. One point. One point. I just got to get one point. Just one. One time
2: ball. Rack. You know, racket on ball. Like when they so. show those half times of people shooting like if you can shoot five <laughs> baskets I have anxiety. What do you, mean you have anxiety? I have anxiety. I mean like I don't think I could you know like or you know if you hit this half court you could win a million dollars I'm like Like I threw out a pitch at a Cubs game and I was like well, no, that's nerve wracking. But that's—I think—that's a similar situation because you know, if you do it wrong, people are like, "Oh, we got this is going to go viral." It's going to go. Uh, it right? does go viral. How'd you do? I did all right. I know right. I did fine. It wasn't did you, a 50 cent. We, did you hit the zone? No, it was too high. But it was. Okay. I made it. But I didn't practice either. Like my wife was like, "Are you going to throw a ball?" And I'm like, "I didn't have a chance to." Oh, I did. So For, I, I threw one out at Dodger Stadium, and I started. I practiced uh,
1: at the UCLA, uh, Don the Jackie Robinson Stadium. And so,
2: did you throw with some heat
1: and I, all that? I was. Chris, you were there that day. I was there. Um, I by the way. The, the guy that they had was their backup bullpen catcher at the time, who was in the All-Star game last week. Wow. Kenley Jansen wow. was not even the, the closer that he is now. He was just the backup bullpen catcher. That wow. He was the poor bastard that had to come and catch my first pitch. It's <laughs> like, insane. who the hell is this guy? I got to come out in 90 degree heat in Chavez Ravine and bend down and catch this guy's. Uh, so I threw from the mound. Yeah, um, I would have hit a right-handed hitter, but firmly okay. believe a left-handed hitter would have swung over my um, my garbage. And so uh, you, and, and there missed. was
2: some speed on it because mine uh, was just like, is it going to get there? I mean, it's going to get there, but it's you got. Oh, the there, it head. there it is!
1: There it is! We just called it up. Oh, go. and you you put your name tag wow. on your on your so, on your right there. You know what? That's what the cool kids
2: do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the cool ah, kids do that's what they do that was so fun and so yeah. i you know that's i grew up Chicago, listening to a you know cubs games and white Sox games so it was so amazing to do that and the, and i'm one of six kids so when i was going to do this my siblings and their children mm-hmm. i was like eventually i had to request 26 tickets <laughs> What? I was like, can wow. I have 26 tickets? And they're like, you know, Wrigley Field's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that uh, Animal House
1: line. Can I have 10,000 marbles, please? You yes. know, like, oh my God. Wow. Plus 26. That's how you roll. Uh, check out again dark pale available today on prime video the max original limited series full circle currently airing with new episodes releasing thursdays on max check it all out right here of course on roku at jim gaffigan on twitter and instagram always love our chat thanks so much for coming in appreciate it right here on the rich eisen show on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger, which supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Fitting, I should mention, on our radio uh, program, uh, what we just talked about on our Roku channel um, mm-hmm. feed. Um, I'm uh, honored to say that I was nominated for a Marconi Award yes, indeed. today. And I want to thank my friends at Westwood One, Teresa Gage, Karen Glover, and everyone else there that was assisting in uh, my candidacy. Congratulations, it's an honor. Man. It's an honor. It's an honor to be part of this radio business every single day, coming on the air here on uh, West, through Westwood One's, um, you know, help and and everyone else putting together uh, the Rich Eisen Show radio network basically from scratch three years ago. Man, uh, I'm honored and uh, honored to be mentioned with fellow nominees as well. Um, so uh, let's get to this. Um, the San Francisco 49ers training camp is open. Brock Purdy has been cleared to practice oh, with oh, no limitations. Really? Oh. Correct. Except they are going to put him on a pitch count, which sounds like they're limiting him. But <laughs> that's, that's understandable. Kind of like, like what are they going to have him throw ninety million times to start this thing off? So it looks like Purdy has answered the bell. Wow! Uh, I'm shocked. Now, when you've got a guy who's on a for that they have not one but two quarterbacks on first year uh, first contracts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Trey Lance is paid at a much higher level than a guy picked last in the last round last year in Brock Purdy. So I imagine Nick Bosa would like uh, some uh, some money. <laughs> wow. And um, and uh, I believe the general manager and the coach are very well aware of that, mm-hmm. as Bosa was not there today.
0: Do you expect him to practice, get on the field and practice with his teammates without a new contract? I wouldn't. That would surprise me. Yeah, that's, that's a mutual decision, coach or a uh, team and and the player. We want all our players to be here. We've oh, got yeah. a pretty good oh, yeah. track record of having our guys here and done, you know, with contracts. So, um, you know, like I said, this one may be perhaps a little more complex and and uh, no no timelines there. But I tell you that we're working hard. We have good communication and and we got to keep doing that and
2: the the uh, interest is mutual. Yeah, I love it.
1: Shanahan's man. He's just it next to the general manager. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't show up without a contract. Well, he is the one who is going to have to get into the, if you will, foxhole with Nick Bosa and vice versa once this all happens. It'll happen. I would be stunned if that does not happen. Let me tell you, Rich, they're paying Nick Bosa. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, and Lynch will, Lynch will get it done. I, I, I would be stunned again if first game of the year, Nick is not out there trying to chase down Kenny Pickett for the 49ers at Pittsburgh. A sneaky good week one game. Uh, And then, you know, holdouts are are all over the place. Zach Martin's not in uh, Cowboys camp. And then the question was, uh, when Bill Belichick showed up for a press conference today, Lawrence Guy, who wasn't there during the spring, is he going to be there today? Bill Belichick being asked about a potential holdout of a star player of his is definitely fodder for today's Bill Belichick press conference moment.
2: Today's Bill Belichick press conference moment.
0: Well, we prefer to win. Lawrence Guy wasn't here for mini camp, as he reported. Uh, players report later this morning. You know, We'll find out in an hour or so. I, don't know. I, I haven't been in there.
2: They're doing physicals. Um, that gets started here in a few, I don't know, 8.30 or somewhere in there. So I, I don't do physicals. Doctors do those.
1: But, yeah. Do you believe the situation is out of the sprain
2: as a result? Uh, no, I hope so. We'll see.
0: Football season. Most players play football in football
2: season.
0: There it goes.
1: I don't do physicals. <laughs> Doctors, Doctors do, do those. It's <laughs> football season, most players, it's players football, play football season. If Belichick, it's just like, is he going to show up? I don't know. Players are going to come here in about an hour. <laughs> Multiple great. Press, uh, postscript. So, wow. Lawrence Guy did show up today. Oh, okay. okay. That's what I'm do. being told. He knew better. Um, so the update on that is Lawrence Guy showed up. Mm-hmm. And Belichick still doesn't do the physicals. Yeah. Doctors do those. He's not not so a
0: doctor. They're so good. You're using
1: the whole fist, coach? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. River.
2: Hey. Oh, my God.
0: You know.
1: He's so. Little bit, of, little bit of fletch going this, out the door. Stay flew by, guys. All right. We'll see everybody Wednesday.